Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, uh, cybersecurity attorney at Whiteford, Taylor, and Preston. And as always, thrilled to have you back. Keep those questions, comments, calls coming. 410-917-5189, or email me at spollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K, at WTPlaw.com. Very excited about this episode. We've got a great speaker on today, Kathleen Curley, the National Account Director for the Cyber Risk Practice at Risk Strategies. And this is our third take, and it's completely on me, Kathleen, and I apologize because I was having some technical issues on my end, but I appreciate Kathleen's patience, and uh, welcome, Kathleen. All good, Spencer. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, why don't we start off by kind of, can you give me a background about how you got into the cyber insurance world? Because I always find it interesting to learn how people got here. Yes. Uh, So with insurance, I'm sure you've heard either you're born into it or you fall into it. And I have the lucky experience of both. My family's involved in the insurance industry and I happily fell into the cyber world uh, through my very first role in the insurance industry. It's very cool. You're right. What you said at the beginning, either you're born into it or fall into it. That is definitely what I've heard from a lot of people, which is always funny to hear. Um, Jumping into kind of where we are with the marketplace, the cyber marketplace, because, you know, I found a lot of my clients were running into walls, running into problems with trying to get policies, kind of get renewals, new limits. I just want to get your perspective on kind of where we are right now and why we're here. So the long and the short of it is that the cyber insurance market is going through a very challenging time, one not seen since the inception of the product in and of itself roughly 20 years ago. I would hesitate to call it a hard market, as that would indicate a lack of capacity, where in fact there is plenty of capacity in the primary and reinsurance marketplace. However, with regards to the primary insurance marketplace, why it's challenging is that carriers have changed and continue to change their positions on how that capacity is being deployed. We're at an inflection point and a real point of instability. There's an increase in demand for the product because of claims activity, regulation, contract requirements, and a decrease in supply because of claims activity and fear and lack of understanding of aggregation. So basically it was to start there wasn't a lot of claims, so it was easier to get that policy. But now with a lot of claims, the pool of money available for uh, insureds has gone down, which then is hurting the amount of policies out there. Right. So gone are the days of the carriers trying to quote everything in order to amass information and market share to your point and requesting minimal Uh, information, basic application, a couple of questions, website, revenues, and industry class, and in is real claims data, and information is king. So carriers and insureds should expect comprehensive applications, supplemental applications, additional underwriting questions that pop up after the review of those applications, findings of a third-party perimeter scan, and and things of that nature. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in applications, that I saw probably a year, year and a half ago that I'm sure you saw a lot of was that four questions is like name of company, revenue, how much you want, how much you're going to pay. Uh, and <laughs> yes, that's not yeah. anymore. <laughs> no, no. And I can appreciate due diligence because I feel like it helps really change the culture around everything, but it do- does make it more frustrating. Uh, can you talk about where you see the market going 
I guess in the next year, two years, three years, are we going to see the continuation of this hard or not hard? I know you didn't say hardening, but difficulty in getting those policies. I don't have a crystal ball, but if I did, um, my expectation would be yes. I would expect to see more of the same. Um, carriers continuing to be careful with how they deploy that capacity, perhaps seeing more restrictions and coverage specifically around ransomware and what we're seeing now, which is supplementing ransomware and the addition of co-insurance, asking for more skin in the game from insureds to contribute to those losses, because that's really where the losses are leading at the moment. Um, a continued rate um, increase and um, yeah, more of the same, I would expect for the next probably two years. Oh, that's going to be a fun, fun two years then. Um. <laughs> well, my hope, my hope and expectation is that as the risks continue to improve because of this extreme due diligence the carriers are doing and the strides that, that insureds are trying to make in order to become better risks, not just for insurance, but just to keep themselves in business. My hope is that they'll get to a better place and they'll be the point of stability and, and the correction will have taken place um, to a large degree. Yeah, that would be great to see. Um, and, you know, finally, can we talk about some things that small to mid-sized businesses? So obviously not the Targets, not the United Airlines, not the Ikeas, not those, you know, multi, multi-billion dollar uh, companies can do to really, you know, make themselves more attractive um, options for insurers to give them those policies. In the world of cybersecurity, as you well know, it's a moving target. So best practices and minimum practices continue to change. But a few key areas that carriers are hyper-focused on today, which, as you mentioned, probably the large organizations certainly have, but maybe the middle market and SME are struggling with for the implementation of, um, but carriers are requiring in order to provide insurance, is multi-factor authentication enterprise-wide a use of an endpoint detection monitoring tool, the education and training of employees on security issues and the role that they play within their organization, a formalized incidents response plan, business continuity plan, disaster recovery plan, and the usage of backups and the testing of those backups. Now you're preaching my language and everything I tell my clients, you know, beyond becoming more attractive, it's just hardening your defenses, changing your culture, and becoming almost a proactive participant in this cyber war because unfortunately all we can do is be on the defensive but you can be a proactive offensive um, participant by doing all these things which then obviously makes you more attractive um, customer or insured to get insured so all great stuff uh kathleen i'm sorry again about the technical difficulties i appreciate your patience and i really appreciate your insight and in being here today well thank you very much for having me spencer Wonderful. And to all the users, or not users, listeners, there we go. Thanks again for coming and have a great morning. Well, sorry, let me back up. Thanks again for coming. Keep those questions, calls, comments coming. 410-917-5189 or email spollock at wtplaw.com. Have a great morning, good afternoon, or great evening.